Rob, we came out with a new frequency separation. It's called FS 2.0. 2.0. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever done frequency separation, it has its upsides. It has its downsides. Earth and Ceph revealed a brand new frequency separation called FS 2.0. Yeah, it's amazing. Frequency separation has its limitations. And actually, a lot of people kind of hate it because they can see it on scan and it, it doesn't work that well. It can be great on some things and it can wreck other things. FS 2.0 will fix anything in a lot really less well. time. Um, we've gotten a lot of reviews on it, and people are really amazed at what a game changer it is. Yeah. And Better quality in a quarter of the time. Which, if you're doing a ton of images, that's incredibly important. And, and if you're doing a single image and you want to do it more accurately, this is also incredible. And we call this advanced texture cleanup. Yeah. Because it works on so many. It's not just skin. No, it's not just skin. There's, we show it on skin. We show it on product. We show it on architecture. Like a bathroom where the where the shower door was covered in spots yeah. and it wrinkly was like, pillows. It's like erasing it. Yeah, yeah wrinkly like a, pillow. It's, it's like crazy. erasing wrinkles on your skin or your pillow. Duh. Or your shower wall. Duh. Duh. Who doesn't want that? To stream this tutorial, go to proedu.com where you can download FS 2.0 action with the tutorial. Boom. Welcome to the Pro EDU podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. In this episode, we're sitting down with Simon McChang. McChung. McChung. Well, it's not your real name anyway, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you figured that out. Yeah. What's the deal with that? It's not even your last name. I can say it however I want. Uh, Well, like in my uh, last job, actually not in my last job, in my previous jobs, um, I was in a room full of um, Scottish artists and programmers. I yeah. used to work in video games. No, actually, I still work in video games in my last video game job. So everyone was Scottish and I was sort of bringing us almost like a, a family member. And for a joke on Facebook, we just added Muck uh, <laughs> for everyone's surname. <laughs> so your last name is so you okay. could be so a Scott. Scott. <laughs> oh, so it's not that far off. It's Chung. Yeah, it's Chung. But you added the Mick in front of it. That's right. So you yeah. Americanized it with. Is it American? No, it's Scottish. No, Scottish. <laughs> it sounds. It's, but McDonald's. He's no. probably Scottish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right, Gary. McDonald's is American, therefore all Micks are American. <laughs> yeah, we went there. Yeah. And uh, I kind of stuck with it because um, uh, when I was doing photography, um, I kind of wanted a name that stuck out, and right. so. There's a million Simon Chungs out there, especially in the east side of the, the globe. So That's a common? Simon Chung is a common name? It's actually There's quite common. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, I find a professor, an engineer. Um, no one's a, a conceptual artist, I suppose, but yeah, I yeah. just want to make right, myself so stand So do people comment on it? Like, what the hell is with this Irish-Asian name? Like, <laughs> <laughs> or Scottish-Asian name? Or do yeah, people, I do get that a lot, yeah. Or, yeah. But most of the time, also, they are quite disappointed with the answer. <laughs> Departs <laughs> from a long line of uh, Scottish lineage. Right. <laughs> so, so, where, so where did you grow up? Uh, it's in a small town called Grimsby. Okay. Doesn't sound very nice. Um, Grimsby. Yeah. If you look at the crack of England, you see Grimsby right there. Wait, does England have a crack? Yeah. What's what? What do you mean the crack of England? It's a, like the butt? It's a. It's a well, you might as well be a butt. But yeah. <laughs> I not say that. Too. I didn't know England had a crack. <laughs> are, we, are you talking about like like you saying it's the butt of England or like there's no, an it's literally like a, a crack. A crack. Down yeah, there. literally a big crack down the east side, northeast of England. Um, I suppose it's near uh, Neat Leeds. 
Okay. It's mm-hmm. the closest uh, big city there. So I don't know about your geography, but. I'm, I don't think I'm brushed up too well on the UK. It's up there. Yeah. How's it going? Crack coming down. It's, it's up there and it's coming you, down. You're so. acting like you know about this crack. <laughs> I've Let's g- get a piece of paper. Let's see Actually, if you can draw the crack. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I'm going to have you draw it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Simon, you have a lot. I mean, it's definitely conceptualized, but you have a lot of sleeping people in your oh, photography. Oh, right. Yeah. What's up with that? Do you, you love taking naps? <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> I think it, it's, uh, it stems from, um, I was doing quite a lot of overtime in my job. So I guess it's more of a, a subconscious thing that I feel quite tired almost every day. And it's, uh, it's almost like a release um, to say, oh my God, I'm, I'm so tired. But I don't want to say it literally uh, on Facebook. Oh man, I'm so tired. I don't want to be one of those people that just uh, moan about work, I suppose. Yeah. So We have one of those guys on oh, our yeah. team. He's back there texting right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I also feel like it's uh, it connects with a lot of people. Like people generally do love sleep, so um, especially in um, in the city, um, I find that a lot of people go through the daily grind of uh, Monday to Fridays. So um, having something that um, uh, people relate to for sure, that they definitely connect with that, and definitely really. Um, shout out on, on Facebook and all the other social medias that people are like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I really feel that. I really feel that Monday vibe. Um, totally cool with it. So, And it's kind of stuck with that as well. Um, uh, I also find that when I'm doing self-portraits, um, I don't have the luxury of having long hair like uh, most of the sort of, uh, female artists I see out there. So uh, what do I do for myself to sort of bring an edge? Um, so I have a, I don't want to put myself out there as a clown. So pajamas is is sort of the next best thing for <laughs> as a costume that I can wear, uh, bring to me, uh, with me uh, every day and everywhere I go. It's always in the back of my car. So you always have, you always pajamas. have pajamas with you. Yeah, and it's the same pair Wait, of pajamas I had five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> You're just always ready to nap. You're just always ready to nap at any given moment? Uh, well, yeah. Or are you ready to photograph yourself napping at any given moment? Uh, yeah. both. How uh, often do you wash your pajamas? How often? Yeah. It, they're, they're literally like pale white now. They're just washed and faded out. <laughs> <laughs> then you have they one have pair to, of pajamas and they're five years they're old? They're the same pair of pajamas same. I have. And so um, I feel like I'm going to stay true. Until like, Stay they true fall to apart. the yeah. they, they follow through. With I might have to, uh, yeah. yeah, go and Photoshop uh, <laughs> the contrast back in. Every now and again. So cool. you sleep in long pants and a long shirt uh, every every night. Uh, not in the same no. ones, no. No, not in the same ones. No, this no. is just in the in his photographs. Just in yeah, just, oh, just in the, the pajamas okay. are the theme. My wife wouldn't let me uh, bring those into bed. She's like, oh yeah. no, I now don't they've been in your car for too long. I don't get the people that wear like full length pajamas all the time i don't like either it's kind of cold here it bunches anyway. up yeah it gets all bunched up you're trying to you know just sleep and there's you know uh, it does roll up your legs doesn't it and yeah yeah it's uncomfortable sad. pajamas i don't know overrated good for photo shoots but not actually they're great for photo shoots not actually being comfortable <laughs> what do you what do you wear to bed every night Rob? who says i wear anything to bed gary i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so you wear your boot, birthday suit to bed no not anymore not with kids but, yeah you know just well, a pair of boxers and a shirt but so you wear boxers at night, but not during the day. You got it. See, I tried that in public. I, I had a thought about, well, how about I try boxers, you know, change it up a bit. But 
Don't wear boxers? It does, you know, it's so a bit cold. So you got to wear a button fly if you're not wearing boxers, yeah? Or how's that work? You have to wear a button fly. Boxers. So you only buy boxers. a button, no, button fly jeans. Oh, no, never button fly jeans. So a zipper. Yeah. I don't like button flies. I just, I'm not a fan of them. You got to be pretty aware that your zipper's never down. I can never do that. My zipper's like down half the time. Your down. zipper is down a lot. I have Why a, is that? I don't know. The jeans that I like buying... They just like if it's not all the way up there, it just starts kind of working its way down. Uh, buy just, something other than Wranglers. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell, Rob! <laughs> I ain't buying anything but Wranglers. Okay, so let's let's back up a little bit and not talk about okay, buttonflies and zipperflies. How did you get from the crack of England <laughs> to gaming <laughs> and video, you know, gaming, and okay. then to London and to doing what you're doing now? What's your pathway? Um. So. I always... Uh, you having trouble there with your <laughs> lip? Okay. Yeah, you said crack of England. <laughs> That's my kind of humor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> um, I've uh, always wanted to work in video games. Um, that's always a thing I always wanted to chase up. Uh, so I've got myself a job at Microsoft in the middle of Leicester, um, it's, I say Leicester. It's not even in Leicester. It's near Leicester. It's a, a little town called Tricross. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably a population of like a hundred OAPs. It's, it's literally a uh, that a is a tiny place. That is a pretty yeah. small place. And the only entertainment I have is uh, a pub um, or a, a supermarket that's open till eight o'clock at night. So it's, yeah, that's uh, not a lot of entertainment. <laughs> Pubs are great. It's also amazing, yeah. um, but it's also, again, it's full of OAPs, so unless you want to start a conversation about what was tractors, OAPs start? OH pensioners. Oh. All right, yeah, yeah. Are you talking about that in America? No. No, no I've no. never heard that. Oh, okay. No. no. Oh, we, no. we say that. We just call them old way. folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old farts. Call Is that what we call them, Emily? What do we call them? What do we call <laughs> Rob? <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> So, um, right, so, so what do you do at Microsoft? Uh, I'm a UI. Well, I'm not there anymore, but at the time, uh, I'm still am a, a UI designer, UI artist. So as, uh, to put that in layman terms, it's like graphic design for menus and uh, user flows. and. But you are, you are doing that now? I'm doing that right now. Is yeah. this freelance or for another company? It's for another company. Um, it's uh, Rocksteady. Have you heard of them? No. No? Mm-hmm. Um, so we just finished the Batman Arkham Knight games. Uh, so, so that's what we do here in uh, in London. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. All right. So you're doing that now. And how does that work into a video game? Are you, are you like the menus to get into the video game? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's right. So all the things you see that gets gradual access into um, uh, the video games and all the scores and um, and all the things you pick up and that sort of interaction. So. It's, it's quite a big thing, actually, that not a lot of people tends to, like, take a second uh, thought about. But it's, sure. it's quite a, a big... It's, a, it's an entrance uh, to the game itself. But we we make it so invisible, I suppose, to the player that it doesn't feel like you're looking at another layer. It's, it's something that really... Right, is a yeah, big yeah, part yeah. of yeah. the experience. Yeah, that's right, right yeah. Not to s- get sidetracked from photography, <laughs> but I'm incredibly curious about the life cycle of a video game development. Can, can you walk us through like the length and the amount of people that goes into creating a video game? Oh, okay. Um, so it, it's, it starts from a concept, 
and then we throw ideas around and we sort of develop that concept and then eventually we iterate uh, over and over again until something is right um, and then it goes through a, a pipeline up into the point where we're happy and then we'll and then I think it will just carry on doing that up until the, to the day we ship so it's that was the it's shortest mm. description of how a video game comes <laughs> together <laughs> I try not we to say too much we come <laughs> up with ideas <laughs> and we, we ideas ideate and, then, and then we ship we make it perfect <laughs> and then uh, then it's delivered and uh <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> are you are you saying that because it, there's a secret process, a secret recipe to like developing a video game? That's got to take years, right? Yeah, it, it, I think for us, I think it took about three years. Three uh, years yeah. for one video game. That's right. Yeah. So how many people work on a video game? And, it, it can, and which video game was it? Uh, Batman Arkham Knight. And this is on. I'm not a video gamer, but okay. this is on uh, Sony cool. PlayStation. Yeah. And okay. on, the, on the Microsoft so Xbox, so and for everything. Right. And, so and three years—that—that—that's that, that, a long time of investing in something before you guys see the return on it. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's all—we all believe in it. That's the thing. So yeah. that's something that's quite impressive um, in its own right. Um, so how did the game do? I think it did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the next one you're working on? I can't say. You can't. Okay. <laughs> NDAs. Yeah, so we'll, we'll tell us yeah. afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, right, well, we're not he's, on the air. He's winking at us. Right <laughs> <laughs> Simon is not winking he at us. He is not winking yeah. at us. <laughs> All right, so you're doing photography in your spare time. Yeah. How much? How much? You you got to work fifty to sixty hours a week. More than that. Uh, at, at, at your job. Uh, yeah. Is you're yeah. sleepy all the time. Yeah, I'm very sleepy. I'm pretty <laughs> sleepy. I, I guess uh, before even that. So, yeah. How on a scale of one to sleepy, how sleepy are you right now? <laughs> right now, like, could you take I'm a nap right now? <laughs> uh, you want me to try? <laughs> Won't be a very good that, podcast. That would be a first. <laughs> All right, let's go back to your, your sure, photography. Sure. So, how did you initially start getting into it? And do you have paying clients now? Are you making money off photography? Is it personal? Um, it started off personal. Like it's it's. Um, like I was saying, I was working um, at Microsoft uh, in the middle of the countryside, so there wasn't much entertainment uh, for myself. And a lot of my colleagues were, you know, pretty far out as well from where I was staying at the time. So uh, suddenly, my colleague next to me, he just uh, bought himself an SLR camera, uh, a Canon 60D, I believe. And I was like, "Whoa, this is pretty damn cool!" and you know, I could actually take that as a hobby and um, put it out there. And uh, initially, like, I didn't actually thought about using it um, as a form of taking photos. I actually wanted to make films because uh, I actually started out as an animator. So, oh, really? So I studied animation. So I've uh, always interested in, interested in uh, storytelling and uh, and compositing and After Effects, that sort of skill set is something I, I've, I've always had. And uh, I wanted a, a way of putting an outlet uh, for that. And YouTube was, uh, was a thing that I was sort of want to channel all that through. And um, I think I was watching videos like um, uh, Freddie Wong. Have you heard of him? Like the guy who yeah. does a lot of these. Uh, yeah. Yeah, very short, cool um, special effect videos. So. Initially, actually, I wanted a camera, a decent camera, just to do that, so to go out and do some filming. Um, but I have no idea whatsoever how to use a DSLR. 
so all the parameters of like apertures and, and camera speed and all that kind of stuff, I have no clue. Um, especially when um, when you're in England where light changes so much and it almost has to be second nature that you sort of know what you're changing. Yep. So uh, I was like, damn, what am I going to do? I want to do this, but I have no skills to, 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 uh, to execute uh, what I want. So I sort of, okay, I need to, I suppose, do self-taught or go look for an online course. Um, so I looked online for the things I, I could uh, pick up on. And I know how to uh, do this pretty much every day, so, so I can get used to all the bits and bobs uh, of the camera. Um, and then I stumbled on like a, a 365 day project. I think it was oh, Alex yeah. Stodard. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the guys that I saw stumbled on. And I was like, wow, this, this is amazing. It's, this guy is doing self-portraits and getting himself out there and, and sort of teaching himself um, all the, the great techniques. And I was thinking, I kind of, I want that. I want each photo of mine um, to be very progressively um, good uh, in terms of technique, but also very memorable. I want people to, I actually want to share what I do. So it's almost like uh, putting myself out there that I can't go back on. So if I share on Facebook or, or any of the social medias and tell people that I'm doing this uh, self-challenge of mine, then... Um, I can't go back. I have to force myself to um, yeah. to to go through with it. So, and that's what happened. And uh, uh, once I got a couple of photos out there, I've, I don't think I even touched the video uh, button on my DSLR ever since. Even though that was the intention, I actually have more um, gratification um, in making a photo as still. Um, again, it can also tell a story. It's something that is achieving what I want to achieve anyway. But um, but it was always almost uh, unexpected um, to resolve that. Do you think that the storytelling that you do is easier or harder because you've chose stills instead of video? Is it more challenging um, for you? It's, yeah, it's definitely more challenging because it wasn't something I was trained to um, uh, sort of... Well, yeah, but I'm talking in terms of the story, like yeah. get, getting your story line across, understanding what it is, your message, what you want it to be, it's, and then how you communicate that visually. Yeah, it's, it's quite different because um, going back to animation, because we do a lot of storyboards, and right. again, we distill a lot of, like, uh, I suppose, a, a mini story in each frame of a storyboard. But for this photo, it's, it's a bigger story. Uh, that's something I'm not used to, and it's quite it's tricky to encapsulate all the things you want to say into one image um, without over cluttering uh, or over designing, I suppose, um, the image. Um, and that's something I learned along the way as well, so it's, it's learning to sort of like take pieces away um, to make the photo much more clearer and much more impactful uh, for the story I wanted to tell. Um, so it was a learning experience. It was difficult for sure uh, at the beginning because I was putting all sorts of props in there, all sorts of messages. And uh, people look at it um, really with uh, very different messages or can't really get what uh, I was trying to hit. Mm -hmm. um, so the less I put in uh, with my more recent work, the more effective and the more, uh, I suppose, on point uh, my message or my story has become. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, What do you think it is that you're drawn to with the self-portraits? Why do you like doing self-portraits? Because that, that's a tough thing to do. It is. Put yourself in front of the camera. <laughs> 
Uh, again, it comes down to um, working in the countryside with no one <laughs> 400 miles. Right. Um, because I could easily pick up the camera and do landscapes or do still life. I could do all that. Mm -hmm. But I think it all comes down to like, um, I want my work to, to be memorable. So um, to be memorable, especially in uh, sort of my circle of uh, friends online, that um, I thought I've, it wouldn't it be funny <laughs> to put myself in the middle. Um, that way they have a more of a reaction to it, but also, uh, I feel like it's more challenging or um, more uh, sort of in preparation for myself to take uh, photos of models. So yeah. because, you know, uh, at the time, I think selfies wasn't really a thing. People weren't like taking photos of themselves and posting them on Instagram. Everyone uh, really shied away from that concept. They just think, uh, what's going on? <laughs> you, you love yourself too much kind of thing. Um, but... I kind of want to sort of embrace um, the unexpected, and um, yeah, I would not call what you do so selfies. I mean, these, <laughs> these are you know, right. a la yeah. Cindy Sherman kind of really a, a dive into you. It's a self-portrait, yes. um, and yeah, you don't have long flowing hair, but I think that makes it easier for the cats and the and your hamster oh, and yeah. mouse to be on your head. <laughs> How did that series come about? How did you get those cats to sit on your head? I just and take this, put them on my head, and, and that they was just it. There. They just that, they stood there. I think that the secret <laughs> is to uh, do it while they're still young, <laughs> <laughs> while they're still light and uh, they don't know better. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I just I think the first one, um, Ellie, uh, she was a bit of a clumsy one, so I popped on my head a few times, and uh, she, you know, I, I came out with some scratches. <laughs> <laughs> so, how has your personal work led to commercial work? How did people find you or hire you to actually shoot commissioned work? Um, they, it's all through contacts, actually, um, because I kind of do this as a almost like a hobby, so it's not really a full-time yeah. thing at the moment. Um, funny enough, a lot of my uh, clients tend to be from like um, big events like weddings, because I've done a couple of weddings before. Excuse me. And um, some uh, some of the guys there tend to be like music bands um, guys and. Uh, some someone has some, someone happens to be like a, a life coach, so I they saw me uh, taking photos. They asked me, you know, my portfolio, and then I showed them my other side, not just the the wedding side, and uh, just to entertain them. <laughs> and then they're like, "Whoa, okay, it was not expected." And uh, uh, and that's how I kind of got some of the commercial work uh, through that way is um, networking, um, which is uh, a great thing. And uh, I don't think a lot of people. Uh, really necessarily take advantage of that uh, when you at an event itself because uh, you're, you're surrounded by numerous people and you just, um, just always have your, your business cards ready um, you never know when the jobs comes through yeah yeah so you're out there looking for commercial work now or do you just uh, let yeah. it come to you that's right. Oh, I mean, it's a bit of both because um, I'm getting towards more like um, gallery representation and selling prints um, that's what I started off with. Um, and when it comes to like uh, reaching out to people, it's, it's more tricky unless you're um, sort of in the network of people who's in the know of like the, the bigger pool of um, forums, I suppose, or social media pages that um, they can introduce me to. So, uh, so far, it's, 
is a is a bit of a back and forth um, in between like galleries and uh, reaching out to I suppose agencies as well. That's what I've been trying to do as well. Yeah. yeah. So what's it like being in a gallery? You in a gallery? Yeah. Uh, surreal. <laughs> surreal. It's uh, uh, I had my work up at the Saatchi Gallery a few years ago, and um, they had my picture up on the wall. Um, along with people I admire, like um, Miss uh, Analia. Have you heard of her? Mm-hmm. No? Um, so, yeah, some of the work um, on there is just like, whoa, okay. It's, it's really impressive. And um, and people just gather around to it like they've never seen such a thing before, which is kind of like a little bit weird to me because I'm used to seeing conceptual work quite a lot. Um, so for people who... Obviously, it's almost a, a new thing for yeah. people outside that circle. So, um, and a lot of the time, they're like, "Oh, how'd you do it?" Um, this is the underwater spell photo I'm re- referring to, where in my pajamas, sleeping in the middle of the snow, and um, they all ask me, "Did you jump or <laughs> did you? Yeah. <laughs> how'd you do it?" And uh, uh, I tell them, "Oh, I just um, prop a couple of stools on and lay on top of it," and they're like, "No." That's <laughs> cheating. <laughs> so were you able to sell prints when you were in the gallery? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I think the next couple of days, I saw the red dot uh, on next to it. I was like, wow. Wow. Okay. What's that mean? Yeah. It's sold. It's sold. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, said, I sold a red dot. Yeah. No, saw the red dot. Saw I the saw the red dot. dot. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So can you disclose what do they go for? How much oh. does a Simon? Um, I think that one went for... Almost two grand, two thousand dollars. Nice. It was like a forty inch by forty inch uh, print, which is insane because so now you're sleeping in someone's living room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> forever just yeah. Oh, someone's bedroom. Yeah. yeah so are these one offs? Do you print a, a whole oh. series of them and sign them? How's that uh, work? Um, I'm quite thankful for the gallery because like they were teaching me the whole process, the whole thing about limited editions, and yeah. I have no idea like how to go about it. It wasn't something I expected to to push with. Um, so, so the things we do, um, which I, I believe a lot of the artists um, in my circle do, is um, have limited prints of certain sizes, um, so they have a very collectible value, um, especially in considering like the larger pieces to be more limited and the smaller ones to be more affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, you can have your own uh, limitless run, I suppose, in, in more like... Um, of the artist proof? Uh, I'm sorry? Of the artist proof, are you talking? Of the artist proof. I yeah. got one of myself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for myself, yeah. So I tend to keep that for galleries and um, anything that I want to uh, do with. So uh, and other than that is also licensing. So I've gone through that process as well. Um, again, that's quite a new beast to me. Like, I will have no idea... <laughs> how to go about this. I think Getty approached me a long time ago. Um, it was something like uh, they take half and I take half. Um, but I have no idea like how much they go for. Um, but the thing I, I don't really like is the exclusivity um, at the time because I have no idea uh, if I might want to use it for something else. So yeah, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's quite a difficult choice. Um, so... Yeah, so far it's it's been quite a learning experience um, in that department. Yeah, we're trying to come up with a limited print of Rob, on a, <laughs> on a bearskin rug. 
I think you would be a great candidate. We could have like the pajamas in the oh, background. Like like the pajamas right just now. came off. <laughs> Do you have a bearskin rug? Oh god, the pajamas just came I'm off. I've got Photoshop one then. Yeah. That that that's <laughs> part of the story that with his, the pajamas will be there. But mm-hmm. you won't be wearing, wearing them. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. You, do you a fan of Burt Reynolds? Do you know Burt Reynolds? Oh yeah, yeah. So there's, there's this famous photo of him kind of laying naked on I the. I don't think I know that one. And I'm I'm gathering a lot of photographers to recreate it in their own kind of style, and we're gonna make a a, a book of Rob, and then uh, print them real big and limited My run. My wife is gonna hate this. No, she's not. She's gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, positivity, <laughs> the power of positive thinking has <laughs> never been more important than right now. Yeah. You've got all these photographers signed up to shoot you. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really, it's very flattering. It's really incredible. Yeah, and it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be disappointing to let them all down. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> Rob, 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 Rob. Yeah, we could have an, like a thirty-minute-long trailer just of you going, Rob, <laughs> Rob, <laughs> Rob. Colin, cut that together. <laughs> so, what's next for you? What's the next six to twelve months look like? Oh, okay. What are you planning? Um. I'm actually planning this uh, series uh, I have in my head for a while. Um, it's about like autism because uh, I have a sister who's autistic. And um, the thing I find with people's perception of autism is that they um, don't really understand the full spectrum of autism. Um, I think uh, people watch Rain Man, for instance, and mm-hmm. think my sister can uh, make me rich by going to a casino or <laughs> she's amazing at drawing or something like that. Um, but like, it's, it, it all comes down to like um, their empathy and how they sort of react in society uh, in their own way. And, and I think people perceive it uh, very differently. Um, uh, like I said, more and more in terms of a Rayman. There's, um, there's so many different forms of it. That's like, right. I've, yeah. I've, I've actually been really surprised. I've had really good friends that have said, "Yeah, I'm actually on the spectrum." I'm like, wait, what? I had like, oh know, right, there's yeah. So, there's so, I, I guess I wouldn't say like mild to like more mm. heavy like forms of it where it's more apparent. But yeah, I mean, there's yeah. so many. You know, that's why they call it the spectrum because like, right. you don't know exactly where yeah. you can be at. And I believe everyone is on the spectrum. I, I actually think that degree. too, yeah. just to a different degree of that's like how much you know. You're kind of definitely right. on there. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <it's> just, <laughs> yeah. I don't mind it. I embrace it. I don't fight it. Embrace probably. it, man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so this series um, that I'm, I'm trying to come up with is is really. Uh, shown conceptually and again in the way of storytelling, the way of expressing and emotion and sensation and behavior um, in society and how um, my sister will perceive um, the world around her. So, um, and that's really uh, what I want to do with this next project. And um, I suppose, uh, yeah, in your next, um, going on with, with your question is um, I want to reach out to more charities, I suppose, to make them more aware of what I'm doing and just let them know that uh, something's coming um, in their way and uh, whether they embrace it or not is another thing, but at least um, I sort of want to reach out there and sort of make the world a, just be more aware of um, this uh, autism spectrum. So are you, cool. g- are you going to include her in the project? Being Is she the subject or are you just going to really be trying to present more of uh, of her interpretations and her and her interactions with society. Yeah, uh, it's the latter really. It's yeah. because um, 
my sister's very severe in, in autism. So uh, giving her instructions <laughs> is just quite a tricky one because she'll, she'll go the other way or she'll get upset um, because she has uh, very limited verbal uh, skills. So she can't really communicate verbally, but she can communicate through um, uh, pen and paper. So she writes um, in block, letter, block words um, how she feels or what she wants. Um, so it's... I think what I what will do is do a couple um, of myself uh, or, or model, um, and then I would love to eventually um, include her in the photos mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, but so far, is uh, yeah, I'm trying to sort of uh, construct a plan around that and how we best do this. It sounds like you have a really solid understanding of her. Yeah, um, your connection with her sounds pretty strong. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, because. Uh, is because she lived with uh you know I, I grew up with my sister you know, every day and night and and you you walk her down the street uh she might start shouting or kicking because she's um, angry about something or something's not right uh and people just look at her funny <laughs> so sounds like rob <laughs> sounds like hanging out with rob he'll just start complaining like and yelling day. about something and like fighting and kicking and be like i don't want to be here and that's because like, i can't figure my rob, password uh, <laughs> rob calm down please so uh, you say to them, oh, she's, she's um, autistic. Sorry about that. It's just, you know, just the way it is. And they be like, oh, okay. Um, they don't know how to um, take that in because they don't understand what that is yeah. to them. So they're like, okay, oh, um, we'll leave you to it, I suppose. So, um, and that is what is what it is and what they want to educate um, uh, the public yeah. about, you know. There's, there's more to it than just just Rain Man. Sounds no, like absolutely. It yeah. sounds like a really cool personal project. Then. Oh, thank you. Know, you. It's good that you're taking the time to actually use photography to tell stories yeah. and educate others on uh, something that means a lot to you. Mm. That's great, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it stemmed from, um, I think, uh, another project I uh, did uh, before. It's uh, the Interstellar project I have done in Iceland. So yeah. I went to Iceland about maybe two years ago. Um, and I, I don't really have a concept in mind at the time when I went there, because uh, uh, but what I know is that Iceland is filled with these amazing landscapes, almost like alien, like you're on Mars or you're on another planet. And so uh, I have this idea of like a vague idea of like an astronaut landing, you know, on, on another planet. And so to get that across, I actually took with me um, a glass fishbowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you wore in your head. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so fine, that was that was quite a journey. It was so dangerous. Where's that fishbowl today? Oh, it's in Iceland, I think. <laughs> in the you left it there. You broke it. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, did break it, didn't broke you? It, yeah. <laughs> on purpose? No, I think my wife broke it, actually. I, no. I told her to On purpose? It. Well, she, yeah, I think probably, I think she got fed up. <laughs> <laughs> Fed up Sounds like around. you drive your wife crazy with your photography. I have to stop there. I have to stop there. I like, oh, God, come on. <laughs> Stopping at every two seconds to take a picture. Um, but that, that concept evolved because um, I was talking to locals um, there, and a lot of them expressed concerns about um, their environment and how like a lot of the glaciers is receding, um, how global warming that they believe is affecting them and their livelihood because, uh, as you know, it's, um, they 
they heavily depend on um, tourism for their income. So um, if if there's no like Iceland, I don't I think they're hurting for tourism <laughs> at the moment. No, that's I guess the most. Yeah. Everybody wants to go. It's there. the hottest country ever, and it's everybody wants to go. There. Yeah, everyone really wants to go there. Jacked up the prices for everything. Yeah, yeah. but they but they 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 really believe in conservative like conserving uh, nature. Um, I guess because they grow up with nature and they really believe that um, if you respect nature, then um, they was uh, nature respect you back. That's exactly why there are eggs in front of you. Because oh. you have to respect them. Don't look at them. Don't oh, look oh, at don't, them. Yeah, you made eye contact don't with the eggs look again. look at the eggs. You just need to respect them but not look at them. Why are they there? <laughs> <laughs> Can I eat them? <laughs> Can you? you? Can. I don't know. Can should you? you? Another question, but you, you're more than welcome to. It's yeah. more like where they're from. Pick one. Question I Pick ask. one. Rob laid them this morning. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hen. No, you're not. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Um, so my concept is of evolve into um, giving awareness of uh, how environmentally uh, aware you should be around the, the world because, oh, excuse me. Uh, uh, the concept of the, uh, the fishbowl is almost like a, a, a bubble, almost in a literal sense um, that you're living in, in, in especially in, what I'm seeing nowadays where people are on the phone 24 hours a day, just going through social media or, or going through an algorithm that they all seem to be in a loop. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Playing what a video game. Play, well, no, I don't too. actually play video games. You don't? <laughs> you design them, but you don't play them. Okay. No, I do. There's it's, a story right there. Yeah. Uh, I play photography. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. If I wasn't nice. doing photography, I'd be playing games nonstop. Right. Yeah. Nice. And so... Um, so, so this bubble is is basically uh, what I want to say about in today's of like, um, I suppose the millennial um, age, and um, things are changing around them on the outside, but you don't see it because you're in this bubble until eventually it cracks. When it cracks, that's when you realize um, you're on a different planet. You're not on the planet that you thought you were. That's uh, so where you were on um, inside this bubble. So, um, it's kind of like uh, a nice. I wouldn't say a mistake, but it was a nice uh, evolution mm-hmm. uh, my time while my time was there in Iceland. And so, uh, yeah, it became very memorable awesome. for that. Yeah, thanks. Well, Simon McChung, okay. it was a pleasure meeting oh, you. Oh, it's and a pleasure. Thank you for hopping on our podcast. Oh, yeah. no worries. Thank Where do you, you want much. people to go to take a look at your work? Oh, um, so my website is quite easy. It's um, simonmcchung.com, all in one word. Um, the Instagram is simon.mcchung. Um, so yeah, check me out on that. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Cheers. To download this entire season, go to rggedupodcast.com. They can download every season. Every season. It's not just this season. This is the seventh one. There's every episode. That means there's like eight other ones. And they should, because there's a lot of cool people <laughs> to listen to. You didn't catch my math right there. I did. No, well, did. there will be an eighth one. Maybe. Well, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how the rest of this one goes with you. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am fed up with you, Rob Grimm. You're not. You love me. I do love him. I'd love him. It's a parrot. Our bromance is a parrot, isn't it? It is a parrot. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mess, but it's a parrot. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad I'm here to witness it. Yeah. (laughs) Cheers again. Thank you. Rob, we made something called Surreal Retouching with Kelly Robitaille. We did not. Yeah, we We did. did. Walk me through. What is that tutorial? Well, that tutorial, Kelly has developed her own 
really and truly a signature style um, where she takes portraits and then she really makes them unreal. So they are surreal. There's a, a whole. It's like, it's like Tim Burton came in, like got. It's in... like Tim Burton got inside your camera. Tim Burton drew on your CCD, and boom, this it's is amazing. what comes out. If you want to learn how to make a little bit of a different portrait, go to go to ProEdia.com. You can stream it. You can download it. It's called Surreal Retouching with Kelly Robitaille. It's a it was bit one of our best tutorials of 2018, and continues to be in 2019. Hey, look at that! Boom! It's timeless then. Pro-EDU is now unlimited. Get access to every single tutorial. Sign up at ProEDU.com today. What about you? I'll take cover of that. This podcast is officially over. See you next time. Never stop learning.